Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Racing Insiders podcast. This is episode 170, so we're getting up there. And on this edition, of course, I'm Kate Dillon from Crate Insider and the Cars Racing Show. And I have a special guest tonight. And this is someone I met him a few years ago, I think in the before times, you know, pre-COVID. And we met while we were both speakers at a promoter's workshop. So I'm very excited to bring this person on today. And welcome to Josh Holt from My Race Pass. So Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, Kate. Glad to be here. I'm happy to be here. Excited to, excited to hang out for a few minutes here. Absolutely. Yes. And, and I was just astonished, you know, I met you way back and back then I thought my race passed. I thought the app was really just like a live timing app. It was the, we used race monitor down here in the South quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And, and I thought, Oh, okay. Well, it's just another like live timing app is <laughs> pretty much all I thought it was like, I think Lucas was using it or world of outlaws. And, you know, you went to one of those races and had to download the, my race pass app instead. And I apologize for my phone here. I'm going to mute myself in just a second, but uh, um, tell us really all the things that my race pass does. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's um, you know, my race pass covers a wide surface of different things that we do. And, and I'd like to get into a little bit of the background in it, but just on the front face, there's, you know, the best way, the kind of the fun way to explain it is when we bring on new help or new employees or new teammates within my race pass, um, one of the first things that they say is, I had no idea you guys did this much. And um, so with that being said, I mean, we cover a, a very wide range of products that we offer at my race pass. We obviously do have the my race pass app, which kind of put our, put our, uh, put us in front of a lot of people here the last few years. That's where people are known, probably know us the most from, but behind the scenes there, we have a race management system. Um, now nearly 90% of the oval tracks in the U S lean on that system on a weekly basis. Um, basically where you do online registration, generate the lineups, results, point standings, payouts, and then all that information funnels to their website, which is also another thing that we do. Um, we, so we've built literally over 1100 websites since we first started the company um, which was back in 2008. Um, from there, we have a really cool apparel program, which I'd like to talk a little bit more about later. Um, we have um, we do some print stuff. So we used to do more hero cards. We don't do as many hero cards for the drivers anymore. Uh, we can with our clients if, if you need them or whatever. But, um, but yeah, and then we have an ad platform. So like we spun up another, another company led by Jim Sweener, who was at Racing Junk for about 15 years. Everybody knows who Racing Junk is at, but Jim's been with us for uh, coming up on three years probably, and he leads our MRP digital ad platform where we have advertising on throughout the app and different websites that we do. And what's cool about that is, you know, racetracks can sign up to be a publisher and and actually get paid back for on the ads that we sell. So my race pass does a lot of stuff, and um, it's 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 overwhelming at times. But I guess I've I've been at it since since the start, you know, and. And um, it's uh, it's fun to educate the people on everything that we do actually do. Yeah, that's that's actually really fascinating because I, I knew that you guys have been in business for 15 years, but to start a business in 2008, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, there's like two like really big years I can think of 2008 and 2020, which were like hell years in one way, shape or form. So like what month of 2008? Like because I was end of October when the whole world, you know, crashed to to a halt. Um, when was it you guys started my race path? Well, so there's three of us, myself, Ross Van Eck and Zach Kalmus. So, so the three of us got together. It was actually Zach's idea to come. come we were at a friend of ours birthday party at a bar in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And Zach comes up and I was doing these racing resumes, um, portfolios. Um, and then Zach came up. It was a, would have been like October of 2007. And him and Ross were building websites. And and um, so from October, so that was, it was like a Tuesday night or whatever, October 20, 2007. We launched our first website January 8th of 2008. And then, so we kind of argue that we started in January, but officially um, we actually started the company Cabaho, which is the first two letters of our last names, Cabo LLC based out of Sioux Falls in April, I think it was tax day, April 15th of 2008. So that's our official start date. We launched our first website in January, 2008. Wow. And, and I'm sure I'm sure like that October crash was a bit of an obstacle and, and being a business person myself going up on almost 10 years, 
Uh, what are some of the other obstacles that you've run into along the way? Well, you know, the change, right? So we're a, we're a technology company. We're a software company in, in motorsports. And, and um, in 2000, I mean, there's been a lot of changes. You know, been 15, be 16 years here in a few months that we've been at it. Um, a lot of growing pains, you know, come throughout that. But I think I think one of the I get asked this question a lot. Um, what are the biggest changes that you've seen, or, or or obstacles you had to overcome? And and a lot of it, you know, one could argue, and I'm not trying to say anything bad, but um, you know, motorsports in general is maybe a little behind the times in technology for many many years. You know, I say this a lot, where motorsports is a lot like an iceberg, to where the tip of the iceberg you see above the water is your your IndyCar, your Formula One, your NASCAR, you know, Cup Series, that's the tip of the iceberg. But below that are all these racetracks, over 800 racetracks in the United States that race on a weekly basis and all the travel and series and all that kind of stuff. That's the big bulk of motorsports, right? But what you see is up top. But what, what you also see is all the technology. I mean, even Formula One, as advanced as it is today, it was almost as advanced as it was now 15 years ago. But if you look at you know, the, the weekly tracks or, or some of the places, you know, I mean, we're just now getting into online ticketing. We're just now getting into having credit cards available at the racetracks. And, you know, so for us being a software company, being a technology company coming into motorsports um, for, you know, the education process was, was, um, was upfront. It was like, okay, we have issues here. We have problems here and let's figure out a way to solve them using a website or using a computer or whatever versus instead of having to write everything out all the time you know so that would probably be the single most challenging aspect of of my race pass when we first started now you know since then um you know we, we were just the three of us for many years you know that's how one of the ways we were able to get through 2000 the fall of 2008 and spring of 09 for that matter is it was just the three of us. We weren't paying ourselves a bunch of money. We were just barely getting doing what we needed to do to kind of keep the doors open because we had a we had a bigger goal in mind. You know, my race pass was the goal. We didn't know what it was called then. We didn't know it was called my race pass, but we that was the goal. And we had, uh, you know, 2007, 2008, Facebook was really starting to take off, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the first things we were like, I'm going to fast forward a little bit here about some of the background. You know, let's build a Facebook for motorsports. Well, you can't just build something like that and all of a sudden you have a million people going to it. We knew that we knew that we needed a footprint in the industry. Well, Zach and Ross were very talented developers and we still are, you know, very talented developers and, and build websites. So we started building websites for race car drivers and we just started having pockets of, of, of different parts of the country selling, you know, websites for race car drivers that evolved into websites for racetracks. Um, from there, you know, the technology side alone, most people, anybody who has a computer or had a phone or anything understands the premise that if I buy a computer today, a year from now, it's probably outdated. Or if I buy a new phone today, Apple comes out with a new one next year and I got to buy the latest and greatest. Well, software is very similar to that. So when we're, when we're, you know, coding things today or developing things today that we started or built the baseline of 15 years ago, you know, staying on top of that is, is a challenge. So always, and then any business goes through, any business goes through growing pains when you're, when you're growing, scaling up or scaling down. We've, we went through both, both sides. We've scaled up, scaled back down. Now we're scaling back up again. And um, so there's a lot of changes that come with that. Yeah. So, so do you just kind of grow piece by piece by piece then as you know, like expanding each of like you expanded doing the websites and then then one thing leads to another which leads to another and and that's how we've ended up with this whole integrated system today yeah essentially i mean what's 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 cool about it though is this whole integrated system you said you mentioned i mean what so people today who have who know the my race pass name um they have the my race pass app on their phone they, when they're on when they're on the app you can see all these different racetracks that are going that are racing Know, 250 on a Saturday night, or I forget what the number got up to this year on Saturday. And you can scroll through, you can pick a track, you can follow your favorite drivers, you can follow your own stuff. Well, obviously that stuff, that, that kind of information in one spot don't just come overnight. But <clears throat> our goal initially was, so for, for the techie guys on, and gals on listening on here, I mean, so all of our stuff is database driven, right? So when we first, all of our websites, everything that we do is a, there's a, big powerful database behind it 
And from the very first website we built, there was three main things we wanted to be able to do. One, we wanted to make sure the client could update the website themselves with ease. So like mm -hmm. we can make it to where if you could update your Facebook page, you could update your website. So that has only gotten better over the years. We wanted to be able to make it to where um, the drivers had a unique, something unique about them, like a unique ID. So that way that driver could, could we could bring in old data and tie it to that driver and, and populate previous year's schedules or something like that. The third thing we wanted to do is on the marketing side, which is my background, is we, I wanted, we wanted to be able to track how many impressions the sponsor logos and how many impressions and clicks they get to generate a report. So that way the driver could take that and show to John's muffler service and show them what they're getting being affiliated you know, with their race team. So those three main main goals, from the, that was on the first website we did in January of 2008. Well, since then, you, know, you start building this database of drivers, this database of results, and then you start having a situation where tracks, so then, you know, we move into having tracks with our race management system. Well, then the information gets funneled into there, their, up, their website gets updated automatically, and then boom, um, all of a sudden you have, have it all on the palm of your hand on the MyRacePass app. And, and that's just so amazing because I think you, on my race pass app, you can click on a driver and like see a, a, their picture profile link to their website. And, and it's really cool. I, you came from doing resumes, you know, for racers. So you knew how important it was to be able to share for a driver to be able to share with a potential sponsor, like how much their audience means. And, and I think a lot of that has changed, especially in the last few years about the putting a sticker on your car and what sponsorship truly means. And the guys with the biggest audiences are the ones, you either have to be winning all of the races and getting all of the press for, from that, or you have to create your own press and have your own audience. Like you've got two choices there. And so that's really cool that you can really put a number with that. And that is, that's a number that is, uh, it's definitely relevant. So anyway, I, I I didn't know that that see I'm always learning something new about the things that you guys do. Now with your race management system, it, did I read somewhere that you guys also track the whole points and all of that too? Is that right? Yeah, so we we basically build the software that racetracks can use to calculate points. So like um basically every racetrack depending if you're a sanct but sanctioned by a certain sanctioning body or not they have a certain points scheme, right? You get mm -hmm. so many points if you show up, you get so many points in the heat race, so many points in the feature, so on and so forth. Um, well, they can they can build all that in there. And then, then at the end of the night when the results are there, they just click a button and boom, the points are tabulated. Um, so that's, that's a really, and then what's cool about that is a driver can go back in and basically see their, how many points they received at every event that they raced at. And that's that's a really handy tool, especially for the drivers that are out there, you know, chasing points. They're going, they're chasing at national points, so they go around different racetracks and see which driver's doing better at which track or which track they can get the easiest points at, or or whatever. There's been a lot of fun things come from that. And, and uh, but no, the points thing is a big big part of it, and same with payouts. So, so I mean, so our software can they have their pre-built pay schemes, and mm -hmm. um, then you just at the end of the night after you add the points you add your pay and you, you fill your printer full of checks and you hit print and boom all your checks are done and then you can take that file and upload it to your quickbooks and for for tax purposes and everything's great for the racetrack because it's the goal i mean the, the ultimate goal for my race pass is a couple different things one we want to make it I, so i we can talk about this later but 2012 i ran i had a lease and I was the leaseholder and the general manager and promoter of Rapid Speedway in Rock Rapids, Iowa. So I've been on that side of the fence. I was a weekly, weekly uh, dirt track that we did, I think, 16 or 18 shows at. Two years after that, I was at Park Jeff with general manager getting Park Jefferson International Speedway up and going. So I, I was down there. I've also raced most of my life. Um, but uh, now I forgot where I was going. I was talking about uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> Well, the, the well, I think really where you're probably going with it is the fact that um, I, I know just having a, a racing business and I can talk to software companies who don't understand racing. And that is so challenging just to even explain the racing world to a software company and what it is that I actually need. And so for you, I, it sounds like the, the fact that being a racer and being a promoter that you could see what it was that you needed 
And, and in some cases, I'm guessing that that would be like a whole person in a lot of cases, you know, there's, I need a person who's going to handle the payouts and do all of the math and hopefully they get it right this week. And, and I need a whole person who's going to manage like my, you know, my website for my, my race team or whatever. And you could see those challenges and you saw those struggles that other people were having because you were having them yourself and like, okay, this is a problem that we need to solve. And that, that's, so you, you reminded me, thank you. That That's the direction I was going. I mean, our goals with my race pass is that one of the ultimate goals is to make things more efficient for the promoters. I mean, when I was at Rock Rapids and I was at Park Jeff, I mean, the one thing about a racetrack promoter that, that many racers don't understand because I was a racer, then I became a promoter. So then all of a sudden all this new stuff was new to me. Um, they literally wear about 500 hats. And most of your weekly racetracks are operating on a very thin line of profitability. So we're not, um, so what we need to be able to do is, is make things as, as efficient as absolutely possible. And then also the promotional aspect of it. So how do we get as many eyeballs on this, engage that race fan? You know, we want that race fan engaged into the product in front of them, that, that product in front of them being the race. And they want to, that's why it's so important for drivers to have their profiles updated because you want that connection. You want, you want the fan, the stand to be like, oh, you're from Webster, South Dakota. I got a cousin that lives there. For example, um, now I'm going to go buy that buy that guy's T-shirt. That's pretty cool. And mm-hmm. uh, that, that fan engagement is a big piece of what my race pass is doing. And then obviously the, the platform for the drivers, giving them a single spot. Like I wish I had this. I've been racing go karts since I was six. Um, you know, we have we've been around long enough to where we've we've had some six year olds start out years ago um, when we first started as a company. Now that they're what is the math? They're 21, 22. 21, they can go back and look, and they got 15 years of their results. Um, updated on their website and it's all done through done by my race pass or the early years obviously they were probably inputting the data themselves but then eventually the racetrack started using my the, the race management software and that updated the website for them so it's it's uh you know that aspect of my race pass is pretty cool yeah and it's and it's interesting because it, it kind of went from the like I love to to hear the phrase that it only takes 10 years to become an overnight success you know but <laughs> It really was like we were down here in the South, you know, the race monitor was kind of everywhere. And I just, you know, had a little bit of my race pass. And next thing you know, I mean, my race pass is everywhere. And I, and I thought it was really cool how you guys kind of just took over the world and you really, it it wasn't just trying to be one thing you were, and not, you're not trying to be everything to everybody, but you are an integrated platform. All of these pieces connect and everything works together and it only just makes sense that it's all in one place. And, and that's, that was the idea is just that efficiency part of it. Right. And, and I think, you know, race monitor is a great product. It's a great app. I, I still use it to this day. I'm not afraid to say that there's, there are certain places that don't use my race pass that I want to follow along. And, um, but the, the thing that makes us different about, about race monitor is just simply everything else that it has. Is it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, once you get used to, you know, we've, we've, we keep on listening to our client, listening to our users and saying, what, what's the next best thing we need to make? We get ideas all the time and most, and all, every one of them is, 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 is important to us. And one of the biggest things that we've launched here recently is the near me feature um, to where when you're at a racetrack and you open up the app, as long as you got location turned on in the app, the, the track that you're standing at will show up at the top of the list. And that was one of the biggest advantages, as dumb as that sounds or as easy as that was actually to do, that was like one of the biggest advancements we did to the homepage of the app. And since we launched the app, um, but you can, I mean, you can, you can favorite the tracks. You can, you can favorite the series. Um, I know like there are things coming like right now, if you favorite a track or favorite a driver, when they add a news article, it, it sends you a push notification for a track. Um, the first green flag will send you a push notification. If they get rained out or canceled for whatever reason, the app can send you a push notification. There are things in the works for when your favorite driver hits the racetrack that it might let you know. Um, so there's there's that, that, that part of it there is the communication aspect from the racetrack to the race fan that we want to help streamline that for the promoter so they don't have to go buy some super spendy text message service or some super spendy or even build their own app, for example, because I know how much it costs to build an up and maintain an app. Um, but then just make things a lot easier for everybody, you know, and then, but the difference between that and race monitor is we just have, you know, we got the lineups around the app. 
Um, and they're official items. I mean, they come directly from the scoring tower. That's where that information is coming. I mean, when the when the scores hit calculate lineups, it goes to the cloud and then goes back down to the palm of your hand on your phone. So it comes, and then when they print out the lineups, you'll see a lot of, you know, they'll post lineups across the, the, the pit board or whatever. Those are coming from the MyRacePass race management software. When they hit save on lineups, it's save it on your phone. You just got to, for the users there, just remember to, swipe down to refresh it to make sure no changes have been made or whatever before you go out. Um, same with results. There are official results as long as, I mean, when they post the results from the scoring tower, those are the results. The only time it changes, obviously, if they have, uh, in, the, in the, I see a lot of this, um, you know, tire sample stuff. Um, mm -hmm. you, you see that come up every once in a while and it's our tire sample comes back and they, they failed it or whatever. Well, then they go, then the track goes back and makes the adjustments and hits save. Well, then the results are updated on the, on the MyRace Pass app. So that's the biggest difference. And I think yeah. it took a while, you know, I talked early on about change. Um, you know, as far as a national caliper series, I mean, the American Sprint Car Series used us for, for many, many years there. They're actually the first um, traveling national series to come on with my race pass when we did their website in 2011. And that came with the Chili Bowl and the Tulsa Shootout. Um, and they were using it. And then in the late model world, the first one there was actually the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. And um, they seen the product that my race pass had and, and um, you know, that's why they made the switch and they went exclusive to my race pass versus going to the other, other platform. And that, you know, a lot of people were upset about that. And um, that's why we were down there for speed weeks. Uh, and we were there to educate the drivers first. Um, and then from there we were there to try to educate the fans on how to use the app. And, and, um, and I forget how long that's been now. It's probably been four or five years ago. I can't remember. Yeah. I, I, I see we've got a couple of comments. I'm sorry, I didn't guess I didn't turn off my actual other phone. I don't know what's going on. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'm surprised mine has You should know better. It's probably just a spammer anyway. I, uh, this <laughs> never happens. I'm never that guy, but I really apologize. So we've got um, we've got some, some people here on the audience. And if you guys have a question or a comment, feel free to drop it into the comments. Uh, I see Scott is here as he always is. He says, you think Halloween is scary? We have California politicians year-round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that is that's about as scary as it gets, and and you've got some of the creepiest too. <laughs> no. And uh, Scott did say congratulations on four years, so I'm not sure if he means like the the podcast or maybe that's how long you've been with Lucas. I think that would be I think that would track about right for um, being with Lucas. But I think you know anytime people people in general are resistant to change, but. It, it, it's just a, such a weird dichotomy, you know, when it comes to like software and stuff that we, on one hand, we don't want to change what we were doing, but at the same time in racing, we're always chasing whatever is, whatever's going to get us something better, um, more speed, more wins, it's like any of those things. What's the and, next stage? Yeah. Yes. Can we get, yeah. Mm -hmm. And here's a good comment. So from John, he says, would be awesome to have it set up so I can favorite a driver, maybe a track or event. And it sends me a notification that they tripped a transponder line. So John, that's a great question. If you're still listening and the, uh, but th that's a common question that we get from a lot of people. So I'm glad you brought that up. So currently you can favorite a track, a series or a driver or a sanctioning body inside the app. If you go to the event or the track profile or the driver profile, you, there's a little star right below the name. You can tap that. What's really handy there is then you can go to the menu and click on your favorites. That way you can favorite your favorite drivers, your three or four or five favorite tracks and your two or three or four favorite traveling series. And instead of weaving through every all the big long list on Saturday night in July, you can click on your favorites and you click on, you click on favorites and then Josh Holt. And boom, there's there's Josh's profile. Um, now getting a notification when they trip the transponder line. We'll just say that that day is not far away, but it, 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 there's be some more fun stuff to come with that. Awesome. That's exciting. Oh, and I have some clarification. So Tori, who's our podcast producer that you've been dealing with, Josh, she's here saying, hey, y'all. And she just had her four-year anniversary at Crate Insider this week. So the, the congratulations on four years was for Tori Radford. So yeah, um, really grateful uh, having a, a wonderful assistant and great podcast producer who puts us all together and um, keeps us on the same page. You know, it's part of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's no app for, for a Tori. Yeah, so there's no app for that. 
<laughs> for just that actually reaching out. So it's it's really great. Now let's talk about where you're located because you're actually in a perfect spot in the middle of the country. So you're you know really equidistant to about everything. But your I guess your headquarters is now in Lincoln, Nebraska. Is is that correct? And that's being called the Silicon Prairie, from what I understand. And because it has so many tech co companies and how has that tell us about that location and and you know about your offices and and, and what it's like to have a silicon prairie well so <clears throat> covid changed that a little bit but it's still considered a silicon prairie so when we moved so we started the company in sioux falls south dakota and it was the three of us myself ross and zach um zach is from a small town just west of here ross is from a small town just North, northeast of here in southwest Minnesota. Um, so we're all kind of from, and I'm from northeastern South Dakota, but we're all from this general area. Um, when we were looking to really make the move, it was time to, it was time to make a, make a change, right? We needed to go big or go home type, so to speak. The uh, So we were looking at different places and there was a couple other things that, that brought us to Lincoln. I had some friends down there that, that kind of explained all the different tech hub, tech the tech industry down there. I think at the time there was like 96 or 97 tech companies downtown Lincoln, Nebraska. So after looking into that further, they actually considered it with Lincoln Omaha area, the Silicon Prairie. Now mm -hmm. I'm sure you all heard of, heard of Silicon Valley out in California. Um, we looked out there and it's just way too expensive. Plus it's, I don't, I don't I'd rather be here in the Midwest. Um, but uh, Lincoln just made a lot of sense because we could go down there um, get an office, start out. We were really looking to ramp up, um, needed to bring on some new talent, new developers. You know, the Silicon Prairie, that came be because a lot of the, and all the tech companies, because you could, there's all these tech companies, but you could, a, a developer could come to the Midwest and you can get a, you know, decent paying development position, but yet you could buy a couple thousand square foot home for a couple hundred grand versus, a million five out on the West coast. So, I mean, that, that was what, where it kind of grew up. And then for us, it was, it just made sense. It was, it was a, it was a kind of a marketing thing as well. We're making this big move. We just made, we just, we bought a company called Speednet that same, that same time. So we moved, we moved down to, to Lincoln, Nebraska in the, like September of 15. We, we bought Speednet. Um, we all moved. We moved to one of our employees down. Um, we bought Speednet and we hired like, eight people in that first like eight months. Like, so that, that first year or two was just, I mean, I don't even remember any, any bit of that first year or two. It was such a, <laughs> a but, but Lincoln is awesome. We had, a, we actually, you know, I love Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, there was i I'm not a big college football. I'm not a big college football fan, but I, I kind of became a Huskers fan just because of the energy that the Huskers fans have. It's just insane. And we went to a couple of games and 90, 90 some thousand people, and I mean, like the, that stadium's the third third largest population in all of Nebraska, um, and uh, on game day, um, so that that was fun. We had a really really cool office downtown um, for for quite a few years. Um, COVID, then then COVID hit, right? Um, the city the city kicked us out of our office. Basically, everybody's got to go home. Got to that's how it is going to be. Blah 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 blah. And we're like, well, crap. Now what do we do? You know? So we. We basically got everybody set up to work efficiently at home. We were a little bit worried about it at first, um, but being a software company and and for on the, like the sales and support staff, we travel around quite a bit, going to a lot of different races across the country. So we get together fairly often, and and um, so it was March nineteenth of twenty twenty, I think is when it was. Kicked everybody out of the office, and then we never really found a good reason to go back. So we, we um, actually, it took us quite a while, but it was September of last year. So just over a year ago, so it was 2023. So September of 22, so that two years later, almost two and a half years later, we finally let the office go. So we actually don't even have an office anymore. We're we're 100% remote, in which that afforded me the ability to come back home. I live here in Sioux Falls now, so I'm closer to my parents. And so that's that's kind of handy. And I'm real close to the airport, which I fly everywhere. Or drive, and I'm really close to the interstate. So if I need to go somewhere, it's easy for me to get there. And and um, but yeah, we're still we're still headquartered out of Lincoln, and I go back down there as often as I can and meet with the rest of the team that's there. But it's also you know, COVID taught us a lot. The fact that, you know, our team is, 
amazing. Like we have the greatest team that I can ever ask for. And we, you know, and we keep adding great team members and, and because of COVID it opened our eyes that we can hire remote, you know, hire those pe- people from outside, you know, when we brought on MSR mafia, Ben Shelton and mm-hmm. right hand, Jeremy Peters. I mean, Ben lives in Tennessee and Jeremy lives in Illinois and, and, um, had it be not, if COVID not have happened would would the MSR and Ben Shelton and my race pass and all that stuff, would that have happened? I don't know. But um, I, I mean, I think it probably would have at some, some capacity, but COVID definitely was like, it was no question, right? This is going to be easy. And, um, and bringing on Ben Shelton and Jeremy has been, you know, so it's, it has been a, been a great, great thing to do. Ben is one of my heroes. I'm just telling you, he really is. He, I, I tell him that and, and I will say it. I just, I mean, I just think the work that he does is absolutely amazing. I've always been super impressed with him. And, and I think it's what a weird time for that to happen too, because COVID on one end, yes, it shut down the world, except for we realized that the one thing we could t- continue to do in many places, not everywhere, but racing. And, and then, racing continued wherever it could and even when it couldn't at first we had iRacing and I don't know if you guys do you guys cover any of the iRacing stuff I don't know what the answer to that is it's that's all its own kind of ecosystem there we don't we were asked by many many people that we could start doing some iRacing stuff but it just didn't fit in our little circle that we of our plan it's a mm-hmm. long convoluted story but uh, we wanted to and we tried it we actually tried a couple of them but um it just didn't work out as we were thinking yeah um, but, you know, then we found out the racing could continue and it's the one sport that was able to continue even through COVID, which means we were in the racing industry. We didn't get the the same break. I mean, they might have kicked you out of your offices, but it didn't mean that there didn't need to be work to be done. There was lots of work to be done. <laughs> so so what, what, a, what a challenge as you get more and more demands for things. And yet now you got to figure out how we're going to get this done. Yeah, COVID was... Uh... I mean, COVID for everybody was a, a wild and crazy time, right? It doesn't matter what industry you're in, doesn't matter what you're doing, what part of the world you lived in. COVID was definitely a weird thing. And um, it, it opened up a lot of eyes to a lot of people for a lot of different things that you could do and how you how you can do things, how you need to do it or how you could have been doing it, but you weren't. Um, you know, but, but you know, I, I've said this for years, racers will always find a way. And whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's tires, whether it's uh, COVID, whatever, whether it's race parts, they're still going to find a way to make it happen. And that's one thing I love about this industry. And promoters, promoters are racers. Promoters are going to find a way. They want to find a way to keep the doors open. You know, for us, it was locally Park Jefferson International Speedway. You know, Adam Adamson up there and then Terry McCarl came together and put that race together end of April. So like a month and a half after we kicked everybody out of the office, that was a big deal. That was actually on uh, what was interesting here is, is that so we do the website for Park Park Jeff, um, Park Jefferson International Speedway. That was the place I was at and helped Adam get going back in 2014 <laughs> when they announced this race. Um, what's the name of that website? Uh, T. It's like the gossip, Hollywood gossip, TWTMZ. TMZ. Is that what it's oh, called? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. TMZ. So TMZ picked up the news article on parkjeff.com. And basically making fun of all of us rednecks out here racing with COVID. And, uh, but my point of that is you would not believe the amount of people that went to parkjeff.com and, 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 uh, learned about a race happening whenever that was at the end of April. It was insane. The numbers that, um, the TMZ picked that thing up and, and uh, it was funny. It was funny to see the, (laughs) the responses of the people who, uh, maybe don't agree with, didn't agree with what we were trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as racers go. And, and yeah, it was just, that was just really interesting. Yeah. COVID changed a lot, you know, and for me too, I mean, I had to, I had to stock more stuff because, you know, supply chain, which means I ended up having to get a building. You know, So, so there was that. And then also most of the world was shut down and that's what was kind of the reboot of what was the reboot of the cars racing show is back in 2020 is when we brought the racing show back. And, and of course my race pass, you guys have had a booth at, at all the shows, you know, 2020. And of course then it was 2022 and then 2023 going into 2024 now. So now we're four years in to awesome. having the, the next thing. I mean, it's, it's just change. It's not necessarily good or bad. I mean, believe me, I think COVID sucked, but the change that's come out of it isn't necessarily all bad. I don't think it's just change. 
it's just change. You know, it, it kind of forced us into some change. It forced us into some change that we want that we now look back on and say, yeah, that's a good thing. It forced us into some change that we didn't want. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you got to, there was nothing we could do about it. No. Um, no matter what side of the went, leaned on the whole thing. It didn't, didn't matter. At the end of the day, we were all having to go through this on the, on the supply side, the manufacturing side, um, the technology side, the racetrack side. I mean, everybody was filling those effects. And it's still, it's still, the effects are still, you know, rippling out to this day. And they will for many years to come. I, really, I, I'm fir- I firmly believe that. But, yeah, it was, COVID was interesting. And um, it, but it did force us to think a couple different ways, and I think um, was it for the better? I mean, one could argue that, but uh, it, it definitely made us take a look at the look at things with different perspective. I should say. Well, and I can see that there'd be a great opportunity. So now, then, you know, you guys moved your company to go where your potential employees would be, and now you find that you could hire literally anybody in the whole world as long as they had an internet connection. That's it's really all you really need. I mean, obviously they need to be qualified, but you know, as far as like in order to connect to them, then you have everything you need right there and really opens up the idea of if you need a specialty developer, you, you can find them. And whether it's even a part-time deal or a longer term, you, you know, what a great advantage that it must be in your business. Yeah. It's a, you know, you, you're only as good as your team is. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, a, a quarterback has to have great receivers. A running back has to have good blockers and a, a team in order to do great things, they got to have great people. And that's one of the things I'll stress on every chance I get is a team that we've had. And, and prior to COVID, we had a fantastic team and then it was ready. It was time to grow. We needed to, needed to grow. We needed more bodies, uh, needed more developers, needed more sales and support staff, needed more fill in the blank. And um, we've been able to now with, with, with us opening the doors to not just be in a little bitty link in Nebraska as far as our hiring pool. Um, now it's nationwide for the most part and um, well, globally for the most part. But, you know, being able to put together the team that we have, um, it's, it's been fun being able to go through, like we're an active, active hiring now from the development side, looking for developers. Um, we're really going to start ramping up our development staff here in the next 12 to 18 months or less, actually, I should say six to 12 months. Um, but, you know, finding local people is one thing. You can still find great, great help there in Lincoln because they have great schools because of the whole Silicon Prairie thing. Um, they have the, the the Rakes College there, which is a very specialized computer science um, thing that they have there. And it's, it's uh, produced some really cool stuff, a really cool uh, personnel. But, you know, the global aspect of it, um, you know, like, like, but you mentioned about Ben, I mean, Ben Shelton, he's yeah. been a you know, great asset to the team, him and his, him and Jeremy. I mean, having those two on board has been, has been awesome. I think we're coming up on, I think it's been over two years. I'm, I can't remember for sure now how long it's been, but you know, he's, he's fitting in really well. He loves it. He, you know, he travels a lot. He's on the microphone for the late model fans. Obviously you all know who Ben Shelton is and, and, um, his, his right hand, Jeremy Peters has been with him for many, many years. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a rock star and, it's, um, I mean, our, our entire team is, we're all, for the most part, all industry people, um, other than the, on the development side. But what's cool about that is on our developers have turned into some pretty big race fans. And, and um, it's been fun to kind of see them now. So one of the things we do for remote is um, we do, uh, on the de- development side, Zach and Ross lead, lead that, uh, lead that team. And so they do daily standups every day at nine o'clock, they'll chat. You know, for it's, it's it's planned for 15 minutes. It usually ends up being the first 10 or talking about whatever. The last five is actually about work. And then for us on the sales support side, we have Tuesday and Thursday morning meetings where the entire sales and support staff get together. And it's all done like this, like what you and I are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use a, a product called Google Meet. And yeah. um, so we can do the virtual meetings. And every Wednesday we do a team meeting where everybody, the entire team gets together. And, and it usually lasts about an hour, whereas, you know, maybe 20 minutes of it is, is work relevant. The rest is all kind of whatever. And then um, Morgan, who's been a huge addition to my race pass. She came on a year ago. She's our office operations manager and she actually races late models. She lives in Eastern South Dakota. Um, you know, so she puts together, puts together these monthly kind of fun things to get together on. So just last Friday or Thursday, we did a Halloween get together. Um, we could wear a costume if we wanted to, 
you could have your favorite drink if you wanted to, and we'd sit around and just um, chat for it was just a little over an hour, talk about whatever we wanted to talk about. And those and those kind of things, those kind of interactions are important. Also, not having the office, you know, we save that expense, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we did when I moved back here to Sioux Falls is we Hughes Speedway was the place I grew up at. Hughes Speedway in Brandon, South Dakota, just outside of, outside of uh, Sioux Falls. Um, literally been going there since I was six months old and they had the, in Lucas oil, we have a great relationship with the Lucas oil, Mount dirt series, and they had their silver dollar nationals. And then Joe Kaczynski was with, who started the silver dollar nationals at I 80 speedway. You know, he was a good friend of ours cause he was in our backyard just outside of Lincoln, Nebraska. We'll close the track, uh, move the silver dollar nationals to use it. I moved to Sioux Falls, moved back to Sioux Falls. So I'm like, well, this is a perfect opportunity to do this. So we actually sponsored that event solely for the reason to have, the entire team come there. We rented out the suite. We flew everybody in and we were all there for four days or whatever it was. We did a big grill out at my place. We hung out. We, and that was, that was really cool. I mean, that was, we got to, you know, be able to do that. We all, we're all going to go, even the develop, even the development staff, we're all going to go to PRI this year. So we're all going to be there at PRI. Um, and having those times when we can all get together, I think is important, you know, so we're definitely going to do that at least, at least once, if not twice a year, every year. Well, and that's super cool because then you really value that time that you guys have together. I mean, I think sometimes when we see each other every day, we kind of take it for granted a little bit. And this way you can really make it special and and make it a memory that really sticks. Um, And you can really feel that teamwork when you're in person and and enjoy it a little bit more. Well, yeah, and it's, it's, it's all about, I mean, when you, you know, our, our team gets along with everybody really well. Any any one of our teammates can go hang out with any any one of the other teammates and go hang out for go do whatever you know, and everybody be happy and and have a good time. And we're all we're all like one big giant family, so to speak, you know. And that's 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 a cool aspect of it. And doing those events, you, you got to have that FaceTime, um, you know, uh, physical time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the uh and i think that's important and and we'll never forget that so i mean we'll we'll do those events as much as we can and, and try to get the whole team together and because that's when you know we you can accomplish a lot virtually like what we're doing now we we do we do come up try to come up with new ideas we listen to our users you know what are the what are the common denominators the things that people wanting but then when we all get when you all get together there's just that that extra level of especially when you don't do it every day is an extra level of just camaraderie right? whatever word you're looking for there yeah um to get to bring the team together yeah like this is kind of those random random ideas and how big is your team now oh when you add in the handful of contracted help i think we're right at 20 or just under something like mm-hmm. that um which is kind of crazy what are we at probably 18 or 19 we had um we were actually, as far as personnel goes, a little bit more than that back in 2017. When we first bought SpeedNet, which is a company based out of Florida, they were a race management software company that's been around for 20 years. And um, we really had to ramp up our staff, both on the sales support and development side. And then, you know, then we had to back it down a little bit. Um, and then we were, we were, we sat at like, like before Ben and Jeremy came on, or right about the time Ben and Jeremy came on, I think we were at 12 or something like that. And um, we were 12 for quite a while. And then here recently been adding some more personnel and, and we're pretty picky. I'm pretty picky, I guess, you know, and you, we want someone that's going to fit with our team. And, and, um, and, and like, like one of them, Chris Krug, for example, he was an announcer at Knoxville and uh, for 10 years. And, and uh, I mean, he eats, breathes and sleeps. I mean, the entire team died. I shouldn't just single him out, but he eats, eats breathes and sleeps my race pass. And it's fun to see him grow with the company He's been with us coming up on six years now, and and um, it's just been fun to see him grow with the company, the same visions as, as the rest of the team, and and those are the kind of people we're looking for, you know. I mean, Austin, Dakota. I mean, everybody. They all. This is they. This is their industry. They love it. They they love being in the middle of it, and they love what we're doing, and they love they love putting smiles uh, smiles on the faces of the people that we're you know doing business with. Well, that's exciting because it is a, a totally different avenue, you know, to be involved in motorsports and not necessarily be behind the wheel of a race car. So what a great opportunity, if, you know, if other people listen in or see this podcast. And I see we've got a great comment here. I didn't read the whole thing um, 
pre pre deal. I know it's going to cover up our faces here. So uh, Trent says my race pass was a lifesaver during COVID for the track I did finances for. We could pre-sell our government allotted attendance tickets online, and it actually made it a high demand event as it was sellouts almost every Friday night. We were fortunate enough to have a large enough capacity to be able to still make a profit during a very difficult environment. Plus, the money was in the bank within a day or so from my race pass with a click of a button. Two thumbs up. Wow. Well, thank you, Trent, for that that testimonial. I appreciate that. Yeah, he's from Nebraska. So he's in that Nebraska area. I don't know which which track he's talking about. But uh, yeah, Trent's, uh, Trent's, Trent's great, great. We've definitely done great business with Trent. So what, but what a cool thing though. Like, like he said, I, I like the government allotted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, that was, it was all about, uh, you know, where some, every country or every country, every state was different than every, within every state, some of the counties were different and you could have 10%, you could, you could fill 10% capacity or 20% capacity, 50% capacity. So there was, there was a, I forget where it was at, but somewhere out in California, they could do a 5% capacity. So the guy, yeah, tracks with Boone County. Boone County. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, there was one track out west that did five percent capacity. So he went and bought a whole crap load of grandstands. <laughs> increases increases footprint, you know. So five percent, you could still get however many people he needed to have the show in there, you know. And so it was, it was um, yeah, COVID. Yeah. No, Trent, thanks for that. At Boone County Raceway there in Albion, is that how you say that? Nebraska. Um, they are. They've been with us for a long time, and we certainly appreciate what they get, what they do up there, and and uh, certainly appreciate your testimonial there. Well, I really love how, like, really bringing on. Um, how do I how do I put this? Having consolidation within the industry, I think, is fantastic. So, for instance, like when I started Crate Insider almost ten years ago, I thought, hey, by having a website, I I used to do like schedules, but I do have all the rules for all these different series. And, and I was really, you know, one of the, I'm not involved in a series or a track, but I kind of hoped, I think in, in a way that if there's one place where all of this type of racing is at all in one place, that maybe the rules would get closer and closer. Well, unfortunately in, in crates and especially crate late models, we've seen the rules get farther and farther from one series to the next. But I do love that, with my race pass, it doesn't really matter if I go to a track in Iowa or California or South Carolina or, or anywhere that I can pull up this app and it's one thing. I don't have 15 different apps that are all trying to compete for that, for, for my eyeballs and for space on my phone. Yeah, bringing it all together is, I think, important because the, the one thing we have to remember as an industry is, is um, the motorsports world is quite large you know, several million people. Um, but it's not like, like when, when I was talking about earlier with Park Jeff and the COVID race and all that stuff on TMZ on the, whatever that website is, you know, that's, we're talking millions upon millions. We're talking about 200 million people that, that are going to that thing. And motorsports is big, but it ain't nothing like that. No. And so we're a very niche market. Right. And the other thing I always say too, is, you know, we're all like one big giant family. When if you've ever heard the premise or or read the book or watched the movie Six Degrees of Separation, um, that what that means is is I know you, you know that person, that person knows that person. Six ways we know the entire world. Well, in motorsports, that number is less than two. Yeah, and, and that's what's that's what's cool about it, you know. And for us to for us to help bring it all together, I mean, for I mean, a race fan is going to be a race fan no matter which track it is. You know, if it's if it's if they're a diehard race fan, they're going to watch a race here or there or somewhere in between. And as far as drivers, you know, drivers travel around as, to different racetracks as well. So having that central place where fans can follow along with your drivers or drivers can follow along with the racetrack you're doing. If one place is rained out, the other place is not. Um, it's definitely a handy tool. And, and that's that's one of the reasons why we built it. We want it to be efficient. We want it to be helpful. We want it to solve problems. Well, I love what you said earlier about the one of the newer things about clicking on the near me thing, because I've definitely done that. The the scroll, 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 scroll. I mean, you just hope that the track doesn't start with like a W or something. Um, so I'm definitely going to be using that next time. So so what else do we not know about Race Pass that I have just have neglected to ask you? Well, we do. I realize we're running out of time. I can't believe it's been as long as it has already. So I appreciate everybody sticking with us. Um, but no, to answer your question, uh, one of the other things that we do, that I, this is more targeted for the racetracks and for the businesses out there. Um, 
So we also have an ad network. So you've been on the you've been on the MyRace Pass app. You may have been to MyRacePass.com. You may have been to different track websites out there. You've seen there's ads advertising on the spot, um, on the placements. Um, we do that for well a couple of different reasons, but the main reason is to give the industry folk a way to promote themselves. We have fairly granular granular data. To if, if someone, a manufacturer wants to get into a certain place to be able to promote, like you don't want to promote a sprint car wheel to a bunch of late model drivers, it wouldn't make any sense. Um, but what I really like about this is on the promoter side of it, um, you can actually make money from it. So like racetracks can, that we do their websites for, can sign up to become a publisher. That as a publisher, then it's, it's fairly simple. We, we send out half of the net revenue from what we generate in advertising sales back to the publishers. Now it's based off of impressions. So if you're a website that gets no traffic, you're not gonna get paid as much as a traffic as a website that gets a bunch of traffic. Um, we've had some tracks earn as much as, I think this year we have one that's gonna be topping out just over four grand. Of course, we have another we have other racetracks that make a couple hundred bucks. So obviously in between there, but that was a big piece of the puzzle that we put together because we want to find as my race pass. We can't sponsor every racetrack out there. We can't sponsor every driver out there. We'd be out of business. Um, but if we can find as many ways as we can to to for they can earn revenue, um, that's what we're trying to do. And so that's that's one big piece for the drivers out there. I wish I had this when I was racing because. I'm no different than, than most of the drivers, than 99% of the drivers out there, you know, very limited budget. And um, I could never afford to buy my own T-shirts. And um, I had a, I had my brother who actually would do some for me, you know, so I was able to have some. But um, we have a we have a dropship apparel program that's really cool where you can come to us, you can get a T-shirt design for 100 bucks. Uh, we, we put it on your store, on the My Race Pass Marketplace. A race fan can go there or yourself. And by there's like five or six or seven different kinds of apparel, like hoodies, T-shirts, women's V-neck or whatever. And then all the different colors and all the different sizes. If a race fan purchases that, like, for example, a race fan buys that shirt, we take, we print that shirt, ship it to the race fan. Um, they get it within seven to 14 business days. And then once a month, um, my race pass will send you the ticket funds, your profits that you can set. You can set your margins. We'll send your profits to you your, directly to your bank account once a month. And um, so that's a really cool program. We have, you, as a driver, you can log in and buy them at your own wholesale rate. But as a race fan, you can promote it, promote it on your Facebook page, promote it on your website. Fans will buy it. And um, you can, it's another way to make money. We've had we've had some uh, some cool stories. One of them, which being there was a sport compact driver, um, new to racing. Um, this was quite a few years ago. And... Uh, he was, I forget where he was from, somewhere in Nebraska. And he was wanted to have a t-shirt or whatever. And I says, well, let's make one with have your sponsor name on the front of it. And then or the back, one of the two, and then your name and racing logo on the back or front, whatever. And then see if, see if he'll pay for the design. It'll be a hundred bucks or whatever it is. He's like, all right, well, I don't think I'm going to sell any. Well, the sponsor has a big enough name. had enough, had quite a few employees. It was like 24 hours after we launched the shirt in his marketplace, he sold 200 shirts. The sponsor bought 200 t-shirts from him and he made five bucks a pop on them. So you can do the math on that. Yeah. He, that's made, more money. Yeah. Yeah. he made more money on his, on his t-shirts than he did all year racing on, on his sport compact. You know, I, I might be joking about that, but I mean, he, it was just a really cool, that's a really cool uh, story on, on how that can work. And then um, for one, then for me, like even my race pass, like if I need a couple t-shirts or I'm going to send somebody some t-shirts or whatever, I'll just go on our store. It's the same system that a driver would use and just buy a couple, change the shipping address, ship them to them. And then I don't have to get off my chair, so to speak, you know? So it's a, it's a really cool program for drivers. Uh, we probably have nearly 600 stores out there of different drivers and racetracks and race series and businesses that, that use it. So that's a pretty cool program. That's um, and plus it shows up on your driver profile page when for fans. So it'd be like a link to your, your MRP marketplace store in the app and then fans can click that and, buy a t-shirt out of the app. I think that's super cool for so many reasons. I mean, I think for one, you know, most racers want to be in the shop working on their race car rather than folding t-shirts and putting them into UPS envelopes and then like typing in or copying and pasting to make all the labels. And th there's that piece of it. 
Or there's the other piece where you go and get like a whole bunch of t-shirts. And when it gets towards the end, you know, you've got like four, four X's and like six extra small, six smalls. You, you're, you ran out a lot larges like two months ago. I mean, you know, so you don't have to worry about balancing the inventory because that can be really, really tough to do to try to balance that. So you don't have the storage. Um, you don't have to, you know, you're, you could probably technically make more money per shirt if you went and got them done, but you don't have any of the hassle. Yeah. If you don't count your time that you put into it, you definitely, you definitely can. I mean, cause we, our t-shirts, I mean, the, the price is getting better and better and COVID helped with that also. But I mean, so we haven't increased our prices. We've just been, it's just been a matter of uh, the, the cost of the shirt changing, you know? So uh, that I'm, changed a lot. Yeah. Cause of the supply chain and stuff. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, if you don't have to, I know we just, we bought a bunch of beanies and a bunch of hats and a bunch of uh, t-shirts um, through a local vendor here in Sioux Falls. And uh, just because we were going to buy some, I think we, we bought a bunch of them. And yeah. so I wanted to take them to shows so we can give them away or we can give it, we can sell the beanies or whatever. We'll, we'll try doing that. Um, that's a pain. <laughs> I mean, it, we had to, you know, you put them in bags, you got to label them, you got to mark them, you got to do what you got to do. Then you got to have chains and you got to have all that stuff. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But no. I mean, if you don't have a dedicated person to do that, it's tough. And then for us, I and mean, we sell just my race pass, I and mean, we sell quite a bit of t-shirts just off our store. But it's amazing the amount of drivers that you know they'll they're, they'll sell a lot of t-shirts. There's a lot of drivers, so once a month I put that money in the account. There's there's several drivers that I'm sending a couple hundred bucks a month to. Yeah, and, and I'm sure the ones that have had to deal with, okay, um, go ahead and DM me and then. And then send me money on PayPal and then, okay, I got your money, but like, what's your address? And like, <laughs> I mean, I think I, just try it once and I think everybody's been through it, but um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty amazing. It's, 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 it's sounds, a cool process. sounds really, really, really incredible. Absolutely. Um, anything else we missed at all about my race pass? Cause you guys are incredible. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. I mean, the, um, I, I really appreciate being on this podcast for starters. I know you guys you do some pretty cool stuff and it's, it's, uh, it's fun to be a part of that. I was honored to when, when, when uh, Tori, is that her, Tori yeah, Richard, Tori. Mm -hmm. get on here and, and I've known you now for quite a few years and, and followed along, been a part of the car show um, since you guys, you know, launched it again a few years ago. And, and um, that's a, that's a fantastic event. I know you guys are growing it and growing it every year and, and definitely looking forward to being out there again this year. I personally won't be out there because I got to be in Tulsa back to back. Um, but we'll have Jim will be out there. My my guy Chris will be out there. And and uh, for those of you that haven't been to the car show, be sure to attend the car show there. It's in Hickory, right, North Carolina. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's a, it's a great event. Plus, I love the North Carolina area. If it was 100 percent up to me, I'd be I'd probably live in that area. I love I love the Charlotte area. But as far as my race pass is concerned, we've 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 touched a lot of stuff and. You know, it, we got everything. I mean, there's a the app is the biggest thing. That's all, that's all of the listeners today and that will be listening to this in the future. They they know my race pass because of the app, and and um, you know it's the racetracks that use it. Just know that the I guess the biggest thing is know that that information is coming directly from the scoring tower. One of the common misconceptions is, boy, my race pass must have like 300 people working for them because they're doing all these different, all doing all the data, all the results every, every Saturday night, Friday night. That's not the case, you know. I mean, so it's it's coming directly from the scoring tower, and and um and that's that's where we get that information. And but no, other than that, uh, you know, myracepass.com hashtag get the app. That's that's a common hashtag we always use. Our the My Race Pass app's available obviously on Google Play and the App Store. Um, our, all of our social media challenges we're getting better. Or uh, social media channel channels, not challenges. Well, sometimes challenges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're all there at slash My Race Pass and and um, uh, the Facebook or X, whatever it's called. We're we're not on or the Twitter, yeah. whatever it's called. We're not on that as much, but uh, the uh, would certainly follow along and. We'd love to hear from all of our users. So if you got questions, also questions or comments, um, support at myracepass.com. Feel free to email us, support at myracepass.com. If you got a cool idea or if you got some other thing in the works, you got some questions on, don't be afraid to shoot, you know, shoot us an email and um, we'll be you know happy to reach back out. 
Well, that's great. And I think there's a contact form uh, also on your website. So it's maybe mm -hmm. like there, there's another track out there that hasn't uh, used your services yet. And then they can, or a publisher, you know, I think you're not just limited to tracks uh, at all. So mm -hmm. some other uh, like retailers or informational racing websites um, can be publishers as well. Um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there. So, so mm -hmm. different, different options there and uh, just myracepass.com. So, yeah, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You're such an authority in this space and, and I've learned a lot tonight and it's been a, been a fun chat. And for anybody who's listening or watching, of course, you're already here. You, you know where you're seeing it from, but um, <laughs> if you're here live, you, you know, we're on Facebook or YouTube, but we're also available as an, as an app or as, as a, as a podcast. Uh, so whether you're Apple, Apple podcast, Spotify, if you're going down the road and you miss the show live, you know, just plug us into one of those and look up racing insiders podcast, you know, hit that like button, maybe leave us a comment or a review. That would be fantastic and would really help us out to really grow this audience. And, and, you know, we're not ever going to reach as many people as TMZ does, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh yeah well, i'll never publish what dmz does so there's, <laughs> there's that absolute trash that most of the time but uh but anyway you know like us subscribe us you know we hit hit all of the follow all, all the things and uh and thank you so much everybody for listening and watching and i'll look forward to seeing you guys next monday and have a good one and, oh and there we go <laughs> <laughs>